Hunter, what's your favorite type of Are you on today? Do you like shooting or smoking more? I'm your favorite type of crack, Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. It's January 11th, 2024. We're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. Special shout out to my neighbor, Jeff, who, while I was walking Clyde this morning, drove his car by, rolled the window down, said, hey, Dave, how you doing? Just want you to know my wife is a bigger fan than I am, but we were on a road trip. You're pretty good. That's what he said. So thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. You can come on by for eggs or milk anytime. As always, post-game show, RubenReport.Locals.com. And uh, yes, we are almost at Iowa Caucus Day. Thank the Lord Almighty. We are almost there. Four days away. Monday is the Iowa Caucus. Last night, CNN had a debate between Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. Vivek did not qualify. Chris Christie dropped out. Uh, at about 5 p.m., he was not qualifying for the debate either. Uh, and Donald Trump on Fox had a competing town hall, so it's not like he doesn't have time to show up to debates, but he just wanted kind of the easy softball thing over on Fox. That's fine. It is what it is at this point. Uh, so we're going to cover a whole bunch related to that. We've got some clips of The View. I'm warning you in advance. Uh, but first, I wanted to start with saying that's uh, kind of a really sort of uh, well, it's either a good or bad, I don't know, you decide for yourself, ending to a story that we covered yesterday. Uh, you know, over the last week or so, we've been covering this Aaron Rodgers fight with uh, Jimmy Kimmel, and that Aaron Rodgers has found himself because he's outspoken and he didn't want to get the vax and a bunch of other stuff. He's sort of on the outside of what you're allowed to talk about as an athlete. Uh, he was doing, I think, weekly appearances on the Pat McAfee show on ESPN, and as of yesterday, uh, he will no longer be doing them. Uh, here's Pat explaining it to his audience. What we do know is the guy who stopped by yesterday caused quite a conversation. A little yes, bit, yeah. Did. A little bit. Now? Very usual. Not like that. The, um, <laughs> yeah. So Aaron Rodgers Tuesday season four is uh, done. Yeah. Ah, oh, complete season. There's going to be a lot of people that are happy with that. Myself included, to be honest. With the way it ended, it got real loud. Mm -hmm. And uh, real loud. I'm happy that that is not going to be my mentions going forward, mm -hmm. which is great news. We're a conversation show. People are having conversations. We live in a country that has freedom of speech, but also you're going to have to deal with the consequences of your freedom of speech. So what I'm saying is we've given a lot of people who have been waiting for us to fail a lot of ammo and things to attack us for over the last week. And we would love to get back to the point where we just whew, move on and continue to silence all the haters over here who can't negotiate as good as I can, all the people over here who can't create a show as good as us, and all the people up here who just can always be here, and they're going to hustle and do their thing, which I respect, but we need to do that, and that is our focus, that is our goal, and Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. He's a four-time MVP. He's a massive piece of the NFL story. Whenever you go back and tell it, he will be a huge part of it. We are very lucky to get a chance to chat with him and learn from him. Some of his thoughts and opinions, though, do piss off a lot of people. A lot of people. And uh, I'm pumped that that is no longer going to be every single Wednesday of my life, uh, which it has been for the last few weeks. On Friday, obviously, I threw us into the fire as well. Forever stand by that. Everything else, though, <laughs> like, just can't do that and not what we want to be known for. And I'm also pumped that I have to do these types of talks sure. anymore. So with that being said, 
sports are alive right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, look, you, you may not be a big sports person, and as I was saying during the fight between Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Kimmel, you may not care about those fights, but I think the way that wokeness has leaked into everything, so it's leaked into sports, it's leaked into late night comedy, you get all that. I think that is interesting. And ESPN now is saying, and Pat's saying, I'm just not gonna do it anymore. I wanna get back to sports. I actually respect that. One of the reasons that I don't watch current sports anymore, and as I always tell you guys, when I'm doing cardio, I'm watching basketball games, from the late 80s, early 90s NBA is because everything has become so political. I don't turn on basketball games to be lectured about race or gender or the rest of it. So to that end, I fully respect uh, what Pat did there. It's sort of upsetting, I suppose, at some level that the guy who's telling the truth, Aaron Rodgers, seems to be the one being punished here. He's being pushed out of ESPN. But that leads to one other thing on this. I think we've got a picture of the guy. Uh, yeah, this is Oliver Darcy over at uh, CNN. And we played a clip of him yesterday saying how Aaron Rodgers is spreading misinformation. I, I like that we got that perfect little screenshot there of the bug eyes. Uh, but basically putting the pressure on, he gave this long-winded talk, putting the pressure on how D uh, ESPN, which is owned by Disney, shouldn't allow for this misinformation guy, this anti-vaxxer, Aaron Rodgers to be on ESPN anymore. And lo and behold, today, he is no longer on ESPN anymore. That I am concerned about. As for Pat running his show the way he wants to run it and focusing more on sports, okay, that's just great and that's his prerogative and he seems to be doing quite a good job of it. Uh, but I do think this sort of, like that's cancel culture stuff, right? A guy on CNN went on purposely to cancel someone he doesn't like and then Disney and ESPN did it. So that, I don't think is great, but I don't think that bug-eyed guy has much of a career left anyway. So anyway, let's move on. Let's get into the presidential politics stuff uh, because there, there's a whole bunch with the, the debate last night, Trump's town hall, some nonsense on The View. And then of course, uh, there's an invasion at the Southern border and there are illegal immigrants taking over this country, mostly in blue cities. You might wanna watch out. Uh, let's start with a clip yesterday from The View, which will set us up nicely for which direction this country is going in. They had Liz Cheney on, and there is nothing that the corporate press loves more than a pet Republican, a Republican who has no support, a Republican who never gets anything done, but will always throw Republicans and conservatives under the bus and do it while being fed a small cookie by the mainstream media. So here is failed congressional Republican, Republican, quote unquote Republican, uh, Liz Cheney on The View and Whoopi begging her to run for president. Do you see yourself and, I, and would you ever consider being the conduit to that third party? Because I don't know if, if the Republican party as we, as we knew it will survive this. Because if he ever gets in again, we'll never have any more elections. There will be no more. He will stop it. And, and he's very clear about that. He wants to be dictator for life. Okay? So I wonder, would you ever consider, please, would you please mm -hmm. <laughs> consider being that person? Because I gotta tell you, it, I was really, I don't understand how people can say, we're with you, we're with you, we're with you. And then when you need them, they go, oh, but we're with him now. Mm -hmm. I don't understand that. And I don't understand how 
you find the grace not to be pissed at folks. Oh, I'm not. You know, you're mad at them, but you're not pissed at them because if you were pissed at them, you would have given up on them yeah. and you haven't. Oh, well, and so would yeah. you? Look, Lise, I, I think that. I'm begging you. <laughs> Look, I'm on one knee. There, there's so much there, and just the disingenuous nature of what Whoopi's doing. Whoopi, are you you're begging her? So what what are you saying? If she, a, a Republican, uh, let's you know, a kind of washed up Republican, runs as third party, you're not going to vote for Joe Biden and a Democrat. You're not going to be a Democrat anymore because you believe in whatever Liz Cheney's quote unquote Republican beliefs are. Of course not. Of course not. Right? Like you're propping up someone that you know is completely useless. You're propping up someone so that if Trump is the nominee, which I suppose is most likely at this moment, that you hope that Liz Cheney will run to knock off one or two percentage points so that Joe Biden can win. So it's like, whoopee, just kind of admit the game. Like, we're not that stupid. Although I suppose people that are watching The View are that stupid. You are not that stupid. Uh, by the way, Liz Cheney, her Wyoming congressional run, uh, she lost by 37 points to Harriet Hageman, it might be, there's some question about it, but it might be the biggest congressional loss for an incumbent ever, ever. 37 points, Wyoming, and nobody likes her. She has no support, nobody likes her, but you guys get the game. The other part of the game, of course, is that you must keep everyone in a constant state of fear. You've gotta keep everyone looking every which way and people are coming to get them and all that good stuff. So let's go to Whoopi the day before on The View. What's she really afraid of? Well, Trump might come back and take out the journalists and the gays. I'm here to say it's ours to lose. <clears throat> it is this country. This is what it's all about. Either you want it to work forward thinking, you want everybody to have the ability to say how they feel, what they want to move forward, or you don't. Or you want somebody who says, I'm gonna be on day one, I'm gonna be a dictator. Who says it to you, tells you, I'm gonna put you people away, I'm gonna take all the journalists, I'm gonna take all the gay folks, I'm gonna move you all around and disappear you. <laughs> if that's the country you want, you know who to vote for. Well, the if, that's not, if that's not the country you want, you have to make a decision. Well, that's what MAGA you know? wants, Whoopi. That's what we're still in a primary. It may be, they may like that, but the, I believe the people of the United <laughs> States will make themselves very clear. Yeah. Because people keep telling them what they're doing. The media keeps yeah. saying, this is what you're doing. I see you. I see that face you <laughs> From got. From your lips to God's face. Yeah. We'll be right Thank God nobody at that table's a journalist or they might have something to worry about. Uh, as for the gays, he's gonna take the gay folks. First, he has not said that. I'm gonna come in on day one, I'm gonna take the journalists and the gays. Also, you can't do that. You Just because you're in the office of the presidency, you can't just imagine, suddenly do whatever you want. We still do have some vestige of a functioning government and separation of powers and all of those things. You can't just round up journalists and all that stuff, right? Is some of his rhetoric over the top? Of course it is. The thing with gays, you, you guys have heard me tell this story before. I was at Mar-a-Lago having dinner with Junior and he and while Trump was president, this was in the middle of the first impeachment. This is December of whenever that first impeachment was, 20, what was that? That was 20, I guess. And we're having dinner and Trump is two tables behind me. It's a small room, about 20 people with David and, and Kimberly Guilfoyle, uh, Junior's wife. And Junior says to me at the end of the meal, hey, do you wanna meet my dad? We go up to Trump, Trump's sitting there. 
and I'm kind of standing above him because he's sitting and he looks up and, and Junior says, uh, hey dad, I want you to meet Dave Rubin. And he looks at me and he's like, he's like, I recognize you, I recognize you. And I was like, oh, well I'm on Fox a lot, I'm on Tucker sometimes. And then he looks at David and he goes, well, who are you? And David goes, well, I'm his husband. And Trump goes, that's great, that is great. Can I stand up and shake your hands? He stands up, he shakes our hands, and then he goes, he goes, you know what? You know what your only problem is? You guys are too handsome. You could have any chick you want, and you want him. And then he's laughing, we're all laughing. He, he introduced us to Melania. Can you believe these two guys are gay? He's not rounding up the gays, you brainlet. Anyway, one more from The View, and then we'll move on. Uh, Sarah Haynes, I wanna, this, this is a shout out for my mom. I gave my neighbor, Jeff, a shout out today. Uh, mom, I wanna give you a shout out. You always say, that when I'm talking about The View, that Sarah Haynes is sane, and I always call her the blonde that nobody knows, but today I'm using her name, and she is the sanest at that table, and I want Sarah Haynes to have credit. Mom, love ya. All right, here is Sarah Haynes uh, pressing Liz Cheney to run for president because she's a good person. Okay, whatever, but here I'm being nice to Sarah Haynes. I'm sure she's fine and great, and okay, this is for you, Mom. One thing that, um, as an independent, bothers me is independents decide elections and the way our system is set up with our primaries and many of them being closed. The, the people like me don't get to participate in choosing, which I think is driving to majorly partisan elected people like the Marjorie Taylor Greens, like the Donald Trumps. I'm now conceding because I can't participate in a lot of states that I would just take a good person, someone who believes in what you've spoken to and what you've spoken. Would you ever run for president? Oh, well, um, I, I haven't, I'm not going to rule it out. I haven't made a decision um, about that. Um, but but I, I think it's really important. I mean, what you said, this election cycle, everybody has to go vote. Everybody has to go vote. And, and you've got to be willing to say, look, I'm not necessarily going to vote for the candidate who belongs to, you know, the party that I belong to. I'm going to find the candidate who I know I can trust to defend the Constitution. Uh, put aside everything you just saw there for a second. Brock just made a great point. Did I just out my mom as a view watcher? I think I did. That's number one. Number two, the view's on at the same time as his show. That really makes you wonder. Anyway, what Sarah Haynes said there wasn't so bright or great or smart or anything else. I'm just giving her credit by saying her name for a change. Um, but again, asking her to run for president, it makes no sense because you're not going to vote for her because you're all Democrats, right? So you, you're playing a very duplicitous game there. And by the way, if you wanted a third party candidate who actually might be able to win, because right now he's usually polling somewhere between 20 and 25%, which is extraordinarily high for a third party candidate, and his name is Kennedy, which has a little something to do with the Democrats, and he, you probably have far more in common with him politically and policy-wise uh, than you do with Liz Cheney, you might be interested in our RFK Jr., right? So I don't know why they don't have him on the show unless actually what they're doing is just trying to peel away votes from the Republicans and not from the Democrats. <laughs> anyway, there was a uh, debate last night on CNN. Uh, as I said, at 5 p.m. yesterday, uh, Chris Christie dropped out. His one supporter was upset about that. Uh, Vivek did not uh, qualify, uh, so he went on a podcast. Uh, but DeSantis and Nikki did, and they got into it a little bit. Uh, here's the governor going after Nikki Haley. She doesn't articulate how this comes to an end, except she was asked uh, after the last debate, uh, by, I believe Megyn Kelly, and she said, you bring it to an end by bringing Ukraine into NATO. 
But of course, we're a NATO country. So if you bring Ukraine into NATO, that puts the United States at war. Megan said that to her. And then she basically gave a word salad uh, as to how you go from there. So they have sent cash. Uh, she supports this $106 billion that they're trying to get through Congress. Where's some of that money going? They've done tens of billions of dollars to pay salaries for Ukrainian government bureaucrats. They've paid pensions for Ukrainian retirees with your tax dollars. We've got homeless veterans. We have all these problems. This is the UN way of thinking that we're somehow globalists and we have unlimited resources to do. You know, I think here's the problem. You can take the ambassador out of the United Nations, but you can't take the United Nations out of the ambassador. All right, I'm only gonna show you one or two more clips from the debate, but that, everything he said there was absolutely true, right? You, you can have your own feelings on whatever you think we should be doing or not doing with Ukraine, but Nikki has been all in on that, that we should endlessly arm them. We know we're giving them boatloads of money. We're paying for all these pensions. We have enough problems here, like make the clean case why we should be there. Vivek pointed out in the previous debate she couldn't even name three of the provinces in Ukraine that she wants to give money to. Okay, fine. So that, that was just a nice moment uh, by DeSantis. Another nice moment was they were asked to compliment each other. And I think you'll see a little bit of a difference in the way they both went about doing that. Governor DeSantis, let me ask you, what do you admire about Governor Haley? Well, look, I mean, I think that, um, you know, at the United Nations, um, I did think that she, she spoke out strongly on some key issues, and I appreciated that. I also appreciate uh, the state of South Carolina. My wife uh, is a College of Charleston graduate. Um, her parents lived there for many, many years, and so it is a wonderful state. Uh, there's a lot of great people there, um, and I think to be able to have been governor there is, is a great achievement, and um, I uh, really appreciate everyone I've gotten to meet in South Carolina. Governor Haley, what do you admire about Governor DeSantis? I think he's been a good governor. Okay. <laughs> like, Nikki, come on. And I like you, Nikki, right? Like, personally, I like you, but like, come on. There's a bunch of things. He led on COVID, like, Florida's free, low tax. Like, there's so much you could do there. He at least had the... Um, the decency to be like, yeah, she did a nice job at the UN, which, by the way, she did a spectacular job at the UN, right? Like, I think, regard, even, even the most MAGA crazy people who now hate her, even though uh, Trump was the one that made her the US ambassador to the UN, they acknowledge that she did a fine job uh, right there. Anyway, uh, it continued a bit longer, and uh, DeSantis was asked about how he would treat these riots that we're seeing all over the country a little bit different, differently than Donald Trump did. That, that quote from the president, former President Trump is a little bit rich because he was president during the worst rioting in the modern history of this country, the BLM riots in the summer of 2020. When I saw that happening in Minneapolis, in Florida, I called out the National Guard. We had state law enforcement deployed. We said, you're not burning down our cities in this state. And you know what? It didn't happen. He sat in the White House and tweeted law and order, but he did nothing to ensure law and order. Okay, so you can, again, have your feelings about that or not. Like, it actually is true. He repeatedly was tweeting in capital letters, law and order, but we know what happened in that summer. Now, it's not just for the president to deal with, right? Governors have to deal with it. Mayors have to deal with what's going on in their city. Could you have done more with the National Guard and everything else? Everyone has to just make their own decision on all that. But in any event, they had their debate last night. Most people think that DeSantis won it, but it, it may just be a moot point if Trump is... Uh, you know, 40, 50 points ahead or whatever it is. Uh, Trump, at the same time, was doing a town hall uh, on Fox, uh, and here he was asked about COVID and Fauci and a bit more. Take a look. And of course, Ron DeSantis would, would definitely 
argue with your uh, characterization of how he handled it. But if you go back and look at the records, you will see that the biggest fan of Dr. Fauci was Ron DeSanctimonious. He was a big fan. He said, I go by exactly, quote, I go by what Dr. Fauci said. He said that two months in, all the way through, and then eventually changed when it wasn't, you know, that wasn't the dessert of the day. But Ron DeSanctis was a big Dr. Fauci fan, and nobody wants to cover that. I say it every time. Okay. The fact, first off, that the name-calling thing, DeSanctimonious, DeSanctis, well, the fact that the hosts aren't like, how about you just don't do that? Like, you're trying to be president again, but I get it. We're, we're past that. Nobody cares. He's allowed to do whatever he wants or whatever. It took us two seconds to make this edit. Two seconds. Well, how long did it take you? It took you more than two seconds. You're working hard over there. 15, it took Brock 15 or 20 minutes to put together this edit as Donald Trump is telling people that he didn't lock anybody down and that the Sanctus wanted the lockdowns, blah, blah, blah. Now, look, 15 minutes it took us to put this thing together. Would you ever allow a shutdown in the future? You're talking about a COVID shutdown. Correct. No, I wouldn't. And I never did. We did the right thing. We closed the country down. I could have kept it open. And I could have done what some countries are doing. I had to shut it down. We did the right thing. Florida did shut down. Run to Sanctus, shut down. We're in a place called Florida, and we have a great governor. A great governor knows exactly what he's doing. Terrific job. He just announced that the schools will be open. Governor's done a great job. Florida is down low now in the China virus. He shut his state down very violently. And you're open and you didn't close and you're it's just amazing, right? This guy. One of the greatest governors in our country and I know a lot of good ones and I can tell you there's some really bad ones too, but this is a great one. Governor Ron DeSantis. Again, make your own decision on that. Like, the, the thing is that Florida did close for a little bit, like every state did close for a little bit to one degree or another. The difference is that Ron DeSantis very quickly realized that was a mistake, very quickly realized that mandates and forced vaccines and all this stuff was a mistake. And then Florida became, as he called it, uh, the citadel of freedom for the entire world. It is literally the freest place in the entire world. And Donald Trump is doing what Donald Trump does, which is a series of confusions and lies. And he knows that his base loves the lies and they don't mind being lied to about things that apparently they feel very passionately about, right? Because the base hates the vaccines, hates Operation Warp Speed, hates the mandates, all of those things. And Trump seems to show no regret. DeSantis is like, yeah, I screwed up at the beginning and then I turned around. I personally think that's what a leader does. All of that being said, I wanna give Trump some credit now because uh, he does deserve credit for certain things. And I did vote for him last time and I might vote for him next time because politics really fucking blows. Um, here is Trump last night on his uh, town hall saying that he has no time for retribution. If anything, his retribution will be doing the right thing for the country. Well, first of all, a lot of people would say that that's not so bad. Look what they did, Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, the FBI Twitter hoax, the 51 intelligence agents hoax, all of these different hoaxes that they did. I mean, you know, a lot of people would say that's probably quite normal. I'm not going to have time for retribution. We're going to make this country so successful again. I'm not going to have time for retribution. And, and remember this, our ultimate retribution is success. Our that's a good line. That's a good line. And that actually is the truth, right? The retribution is not arresting the journalists and the gays as Whoopi is trying to scare everyone to think. The retribution is, oh, you guys tried to impeach me. You tried to remove me from the ballots. 
you unleashed COVID on the world to get rid of me, like all that stuff. I'm just gonna fix stuff, right? We're gonna fix the Middle East. We're gonna get our economy going again. We're gonna do things that will empower people to live better lives. That would be good. That's the message I think Trump should have, should have been running on this entire time instead of the endless lies about DeSantis. But again, it may all work. I guess suppose we'll find out in about four or five days. Um, here is Trump uh, talking about what he's going to do related to this disastrous uh, problem that we're having on the southern border. We have millions and millions of people here. It is not sustainable. Did you see in New York City with it getting the regular students out and they're putting migrants in their place? We are going to have the largest deportation effort in the history of our country. We're bringing everybody back to where they came from. We have no choice. Uh, can you do something about the sanctuary cities? Yeah. Well, they're going to be ended because the Democrats are going to end them because you can't sustain it. If you look at New York, you have a mayor of New York who now is really hostile to the administration because New York City, that's my place. I love New York. It's gone. It's had a tough time. Okay, we're going to have the largest deportation in American history. His line, exactly, his line was, we're going to get everyone out. Now, we know that even before this last six months of bananas, just endless immigration into the country, illegal immigration into the country. We know that there are about 12 million illegals in the country. So you have to decide, do you think that he will actually do it? And do you think that that's the right policy to remove people and some of the children who've been here and, and all of the issues around that? It's very easy to say, I'm going to get rid of everybody. Now, he didn't last time, right? He offered amnesty to an awful lot of people. Now, I get it, things have changed. Enough people have woken up to what's going on at the border. Maybe he'd have more juice to do it this time, but you just have to decide again, to the backdrop of what we just showed you, like his obvious lies on COVID, like, do you think he actually would get rid of those people? Do you think he would build a wall this time, blah, blah, blah. But at least the messaging there is truer and certainly better than what the Democrats are getting, uh, giving us right now, because the Democrats have given us a completely open border. And as we covered yesterday, this story is so profoundly insane that I don't think anyone in their right mind would have believed this even three years ago. A school in Brooklyn, James Madison High School in Brooklyn, closed. 2,000 students were not allowed to go to school and had to work remote so that they could allow illegals to take over the school and uh, get food and healthcare and all of this other stuff. Uh, a mom at James Madison High School uh, recorded this video. This is from two days ago. Oh, this is cuts, this is beds they're bringing in. Why not? I gotta see where my tax dollars are going. Good woman, look, they are kicking legal taxpayers, their children out of school to house these illegals. And this is what New York City has brought onto itself, right? They were sanctuary state, sanctuary city, congratulations. And now, well, I think you're basically uh, turning a lot of probably marginal Democrats or moderates into Republicans. It may not matter at the end of the day in New York. That's just the demographics of New York. But people are pissed and they rightly are pissed. And it's and it's it's something that we, I suppose, you know, three years ago, we wouldn't have believed it, but we kind of all should have seen it coming. Uh, you might remember this one. This is six months ago in Massachusetts when the government of Massachusetts, look at this. They are literally telling people to give up rooms in their houses to illegals. Most importantly, if you have an extra room or suite in your home, please consider hosting a family. 
Safe housing and shelter is our most pressing need. Become a sponsor family. You can contact the Brazilian Worker Center for more information on how you can step up if you're willing to have an additional family be part of your family. If you're a local official, a college president, a business owner or a faith leader with an available building or space in your community, please work with us to offer it as a shelter site. If you're a social service provider, please consider becoming an emergency assistance homeless shelter provider. Our resources are stretched thin there as well. And if you're a hotel or a motel owner, consider opening it up for emergency assistance. If you're a landlord or a property owner, we can use you too and connect you with service providers to help transition families into permanent housing. Everyone has something they can offer. What an endless bunch of BS. Ironically, you people don't have anything you can offer. You're, you're government stooges who uh, have wrecked the border and then you want people to give the empty rooms in their houses to a bunch of people that we have no idea what they believe. You want landlords to not make money, but just to let people take over. You want churches to give up. Like This is what an absolutely dysfunctional, really communist, fantastic government would offer. And it's happening in all of uh, the blue states and blue cities. I just want to do a little bit more and then we'll get to the Ruben Report community uh, Q&A. Uh, you might remember a couple months ago, we showed you some video from El Paso, Texas, which of course is a border town, and their airport there, which had basically been completely taken over with illegals. Now, that didn't make it to CNN or to MSNBC or onto the New York Times because nobody cares about that because El Paso, it's Texas, it's thought of as Republican, so nobody really cares there. You move these people up to Martha's Vineyard, then we got World War III on our hands, right? Well, now it is spreading because we are letting these people in and we are sending them across the country. Check out this video from Chicago O'Hare Airport yesterday, which has sectioned off a portion of the air airport to now house illegal immigrants. Chicago O'Hare Airport, congratulations, congratulations, Sanctuary City of Chicago. Does that seem good to you? Does that seem just to you? Does that seem like something that you want your tax dollars to pay for? Do we have any idea where those people are coming from? I thought there was some big pandemic. I keep seeing these Hamas supporters uh, in the streets protesting with masks on. Are these people coming in with masks? Do we give them COVID tests? Anything, does anything work? And that is what leads us to the political part of this, which is we are at this prescient moment right now where we're about to choose. And you better choose carefully, otherwise we will get exactly what we deserve. All right, we're gonna go to the Ruben Report community Q&A in just a second. Let me talk to you guys about Truly Office first. Guys, this might sound unbelievable, but the quickest way to secure your personal data is to ditch mainstream, mainstream office software providers like Microsoft and Google who misuse your data without your permission and switch to a safer alternative like Truly Office software. Once you switch, you'll never look back because Truly Office software gives you peace of mind and control over your personal data. Truly Office software is secure, private, 
and an alternative to mainstream office software. It doesn't track or sell your data, giving you complete control over your personal information. And getting started is a breeze. Right now, they're offering a free trial of Truly Office software just for our viewers and listeners, so you can try it out before you buy. Just go to trulyoffice.com rumble to start your journey towards data privacy and security. Before you commit to another Office software that invades your privacy, consider Truly Office software. It's the secure private alternative you've been looking for. Go now to trulyoffice.com rumble and try it for free. This offer is limited, so don't miss out. And now back to me. All right, rubenreport.locals.com, community Q&A. If you want to join us right now, we'll see if we can uh, get an extra question or two in on the fly. Lynn says, hey, Dave, have you watched the film Maestro yet on Netflix? If so, what did you think? I watched it and had mixed feelings. I have not seen it yet. I know it's about Leonard Bernstein. Uh, I would like to watch it at some point. Uh, But ironically, uh, last night I was watching Seinfeld, as I do almost every night, and the Maestro episode of Seinfeld was on when Jerry ends up having to uh, rent that house in Tuscany and all of that, and I will watch it. That wasn't a great answer for your question since I didn't see it, but here we are. Uh, and I'll, I'll report back to you on what I think. Uh, Mary says, what do you think the next crisis will be, and do you think there's a way to turn it around? That's always the thing, because you know when b- people talk about, remember we played you that clip, what was it, about uh, it was probably right before the Christmas break about, oh no, was it after Christmas? It happened during Christmas break. I think it was our first show back that that person went on ABC or CBS News and said that there's gonna be a black swan event. That was, that was after Christmas, right? Yeah. Um, and a black swan event, the idea that just out of nowhere, something's going to happen that changes the game altogether, meaning 9-11 was a black swan event, COVID and subsequent lockdowns, black swan event. Like what's the next thing? I mean, conventional wisdom, is that it's going to be some sort of internet blackout. That's what everyone keeps saying. To me, the more they keep saying it, the less I think it is going to be that. Is there gonna be like an EMP that goes off in a major city and all electronics will go down? Will they have, they'll be like, oh, COVID is back, but actually, yes, that last one, that was kind of a hoaxy thing, but this one's 20 times worse than COVID. Is there gonna be some flesh-eating virus? Is there gonna be a nuke that goes off? Who the hell knows? I don't know what you can do other than Make sure you've got some extra food in your house. If you can get a generator, get a generator. I would say largely, unfortunately, living in cities is no longer a great idea uh, for a series of reasons related to homeless and drugs and that services collapse and you don't have an ability to have a, you know, a storage area for your family. Uh, we're building out a new uh, garden area right now as we speak and growing some more stuff, like make sure you've got some guns. Like you can just do the stuff that you can do to control your little world. You can't control the big world, but you can have some control over your little portion of existence. X House says, any good stories from high school or college? Do anything crazy, funny, or interesting? Did you ever have a girlfriend or had you already figured out by then that that wasn't your thing? Uh, I did have some girlfriends in high school. Actually, my first, well, my girlfriend in high school, my high school prom night, uh, was June, I think it was June 17th, maybe the 19th, June 17th or 19th, uh, 1994. It was the night of the O.J. Simpson car chase. My prom was at the Waldorf Astoria in New York City. I went to uh, high school in Long Island, but the prom was in New York City. Waldorf Astoria in New York City. It was the night of the O.J. Simpson car chase, and it was also the night of game six of the 1994 NBA Finals. Remember John Starks shooting that three at the end, Elijah Wan's fingers just nick it, and uh, gets to game seven. Uh, I will not tell you about the rest of uh, that evening because this is a family show. Um, other things that I did, you know, college, I, I, I was like pretty much a kind of pothead 
in college. I was mostly playing basketball and smoking pot and playing video games. Probably should have paid attention a little bit more, but I guess it all worked out. Uh, Keto says, uh, Nevada, or Nevada, I should say, they corrected me when I was in Reno. Nevada did not put Trump or DeSantis on our general election mail-in ballot. I looked up why, and it says because they opted for a caucus. I've never seen this in all my years. Can someone explain to me what is a caucus and does this mean I don't have a say in the general? So in that we have an Iowa caucus and Iowa is the most famous caucus. That's coming up on Monday. I thought we'd give you an official answer on this one. So here we go. I'm reading this, so follow along. Caucuses are meetings run by political parties that are held at the county, district, or precinct level. Some caucuses choose candidates by secret ballot. Here's the key part. Others require participants to divide themselves into groups according to the candidate they support. Undecided participants form their own group. Each candidate's group gives speeches and tries to get others to join their group. At the end, the number of delegates given to each candidate is based on the number of caucus votes they received. So that is what's gonna happen in Iowa and apparently that's what uh, Nevada is doing as well. It's super interesting because it's not just you know, check mark, hand this in, and that that's my vote. Like they literally, they have these precincts, you get these caucus, uh, what do they call them, leaders or coaches or deputies, and they basically, you wrangle in people, and you have a certain amount of people in that corner that are voting for this guy, and a certain amount of people in this corner that are voting for this guy, and you're having conversations in gymnasiums and libraries and schools, and you're trying to get the most people to come to your side, so those undecided people, they show up and, in a case like Iowa, you've got a guy like Ron DeSantis went to all 99 counties. Everyone pretty much knows who he is. Everyone obviously knows who Trump is at this point. Christie just dropped out. Like there's all of these moving pieces. You might go, well, this guy has momentum. This one doesn't have momentum. But that's why there's something super interesting about the caucuses and uh, we shall see what happens. And Kaleidis says, hey Dave, if you could go back in time, what event or person would you like to see? Ooh, if you could go back in time. What event or, oh, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. Um, well, I think, I, you, I mean, this is gonna sound a little cliche for me, but like to, to have been around with the founding fathers as they were crafting the founding documents, like as they were crafting the Federalist Papers, the Declaration of Independence, eventually the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, like the debates that they were having, like our political debates these days are just so stupid. Like even when we show, you know, our debates, literally, I just showed you some clips of our debates. Like they're so not substantive. It's just about the show and the personality and does he have it? And how many lies did that person have and the rest of it? Where we used to have really serious people, you know, 250 years ago, we had serious thinkers we're grappling with all sorts of the issues. I mean, the one that I always go back to is that our founders, many of whom were slave owners, uh, were also writing the laws to free the slaves. They, li they lived with that complexity. They were people of their time and they were trying to figure things out. That George Washington led the Revolutionary War and was president. And the second the Revolutionary War was over, he, put, he said, I will not lead the army anymore. He could have, right? He could have remained the president and led the army, but he knew that that would be bad for the nation. When he died, his, his half of the slaves that he owned were freed, but Martha, his wife, her slaves were not. Like that's, that's complex. Thomas Jefferson was literally having relations with slaves uh, that, that he you know, owned in essence, quote unquote owned, while writing the documents that were freeing the slaves over time. Like 
to just have been around people that were serious thinkers trying to do things that, that got the documents right too. I guess that's it more than anything else. That if you just, for all the problems that we have in this country, we need only look at the documents that they handed us in the first place. If we could just go back to, can we do things by the constitution? Do we know what the Bill of Rights actually means? What is federalism and why do states, why, do, why should most things be done by states? If we could just go back to those basic things that those brilliant, complex people figured out, that would be pretty sweet. So I would have loved to have been a part of that. Crafty Barb says, walking with the hubby today uh, about, uh, walking with the hubby today about Michelle Obama to be the possible Democratic nominee for president. He said she would win over Trump. Your thoughts? You know, a lot of people seem to be saying right now that if they figure out the way to get rid of Biden, that it's not going to be Kamala because nobody likes her. So they have to figure out the trick there. I said it you know, for several months, I think they were really pushing Gavin and I think that DeSantis did a freaking hell of a job at that debate and that just blew up in DeSantis's, uh, in, in Newsom's face. We've pretty much not heard from Newsom since then, right? Like that was the test trial. Can this guy do it? He came off as, as unlikable and dishonest. The policies are bad. Like even if DeSantis doesn't win this thing on Monday and never becomes president, he did a great service to this country, not only because of what he's done in Florida, but he basically took out Newsom. So that's good. But that does mean they need someone else. And a lot of people are saying it's Michelle Obama. I don't know. I mean, Michelle, you know, Barack Obama seems to be running this thing already, but yes, Biden could just fall down the stairs or fall up the stairs or break down mentally any day now and everything else. I would say, I would say she'd be in the top five of who they would select out of this thing. Rich says, hey, Dave, I've seen a number of articulate conservative commentators being interviewed about the coming financial apocalypse and the general collapse of the West. Oh, great. Is it happening this weekend? I hope we're not, we're all going out for dinner tonight. I hope it's not tonight. Uh, when asked if America can turn it around and survive and survive the coming apocalypse. Oh wait, uh, oh wait, sorry, go back for a second. When asked if America can turn it around and survive the coming collapse, the articulate conservative commentators become tongue-tied. <laughs> Do you think America can turn it around and survive, Dave? Well, that's why I think this election is just so freaking important. You know my thoughts on this, that not everything can be solved by our politicians. But I don't think everything can be solved by liars. I think we need we need some new juice. We need people that are younger, like we can do this. And, and I think there's so many of us that want to be good citizens in this country and that want to be led by good people and all of those things. But that silent majority, uh, that silent majority, it's like, unless you're willing to be a, throw some skin in the game, get involved and get good people out there. One of my fears that is that if the DeSantis thing doesn't work, and it's just so profoundly obvious to me that he's, he's the, this is a generational candidate and, and it just may not work. It may not. I do concede that obviously, right? But like, if it doesn't work, I don't know who, who's going to be the next good guy to come after us. Now I would say RFK Jr. is a, a good guy too. I have some different political disagreements with him. But like good people are just going to be like, there is just no more point in this. Between all of the shit that they will do to me and my family, it's clearly being shown to us that if you're just a good guy with a good track record and you do the right things and you have no drama and you have a good family, that that's not the, there's no path for you to win. So we could just extend all of this craziness. And I think that that's a problem. I, I As for the coming financial apocalypse, I've talked to my money guys. They do sense a lot of weirdness in the market right now. Obviously the Middle East is very unstable, our borders, like there's just so much, like we just, the whole thing feels like it's in in flux. I would say the best thing you could do is diversify your portfolio if you have one, 
You guys know my feelings about real estate, like a, a building is a building. Owning something that is physical, I think is important. Maybe a little bit of gold, a little bit of crypto, <laughs> like making sure just it's just not all just sitting in that bank. And then one day you go to the ATM and they're like, nah, nah, nah no more. Uh, Lloyd says, you've been canceled for violating some community sensibilities. You are sentenced to a year isolated on a deserted island. You will be provided one meal, the same meal for all 365 days. What is that meal? One meal all day, 300, you know what? My, my initial reaction was chicken parm, but like chicken parm three times a day, like 365 days, that's gonna take you out. I think I could, I could do just a really good ribeye. Just give me a good ribeye. And we know that through Jordan and others that the carnivore diet, or as they now call it, I suppose the lion diet, like for some people it really does work. I think I would be one of those people. I feel great, we eat a lot of red meat. I feel great when I'm eating red meat and if I'm eating red meat and just veggies. Oh, if it, it, you didn't say one food, one meal. So give me, give me a really nice bone-in ribeye. Um, give me some sauteed spinach. And I don't even need the carbs, but I'll take some like some simple uh, baked potato or something like that. I think I would I would be good to go. You guys want to toss anything in? What do you you want like you want like gummy bears or something? <laughs> You'd have to, Brock just loves the gummy bears. You could have said chicken parm on the side. With chicken parm on the side of the steak, that's that's not the, what the rules are. Happy says, do you and David get date night anymore? Or do you just fall exhausted into bed at night after taking care of your career and those two crumb snatchers? Man, uh, well, everyone right now, you know, one of the things that you find out as a parent very quickly, uh, no matter how, you know, clean you keep your house and feeding them well and everything else is that kids are sick a lot. Like we have, you know, I have cousins that come over and family coming over and everyone's on planes and coming and come. So the boys are a little under the weather at the moment today. Actually, Luke over the weekend, uh, we had our first stitches here. Luke was on the basketball court and he tripped, he whacked his chin just like kind of right on, in here uh, on an outdoor light and he got three little stitches. He's gonna be okay, he's gonna be just fine. So, but he's got a bandage over here. Um, but it's exhausting, like it is really, really exhausting. So the answer to your question is, um, I cannot remember the last time the two of us went out, just the two of us. I actually, it's, it's been quite some time. Uh, you know, we had friends over for, for New Year's and that sort of thing. I'm, I'm going out with the team tonight. But yeah, there's a, a lot of nights these days where like nine o'clock, David's like done and, and in bed. And I, you know, I'll watch Seinfeld or fiddle around or whatever for a bit, um, but, but you know, it's a, it's a phase in life, as everyone says, like the first year, first two years, it's a phase in life, and then we will get to that. But I've got a good, I'm not complaining. Uh, Florida Man Chuck says, since generally Republicans and Democrats are seen as two wings of the same bird, do you think Republican control over the presidency, House and Senate will actually lead to positive change? Or do you think they will just continue to make empty promises and grandstand for the next four years? Well, I think things would be better to a degree, right? I mean, what do I always say? Like, I consider myself a Florida Republican because I can define that very easily and I can look at the results of what having a supermajority of Republicans in the House here and a governor and, and mayors that are largely Republican, like a true Republican-run state that is good and safe and decent and all that stuff. The national Republicans usually suck. They suck a little bit less than the Democrats. Um, but I do think if you had a Republican House, a Republican Senate and a Republican president, I think there would be every reason to believe that the border would be in a much better position. I think there would be every reason to believe that they would hack away at some of the administrative state. 
that taxes would be lowered, that our foreign, foreign policy would be a little bit cleaner and more sensible. Like Republicans are not great, but they're a little bit better. And if they had enough, if they had a moral good leader with a track record of success that they could follow to the promised land, I think they could get there. Who might be that person? That's up to you, Iowa. Uh, Cece says, it is important to be able to do different voices to, oh, is it important to be able to do different voices to be a comedian? You seem to do several and it's always very funny. I don't think I've busted out the Indian accent lately, but here it is. Um, I don't know. I, I always was kind of doing those things. I don't really think about what I'm doing on the show when I'm doing the gay accent or whatever else I'm doing. Like it just kind of just comes and, uh, you know, everybody does things uh, a little bit differently. What else do I do? Bernie Sanders. Ber uh, Bert, wait, wait, what's my Bernie Sanders? Uh, Bernie Sa no, that's not Bernie Sanders. I can't do it on the fly. What? Oh, I'm Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Get some kind of award for that one. How about Jackie Mason? A schmuck like me, I'm Jackie Mason. I'm here, I'm having dinner. I'm Cooper says, uh, which game console did you end up picking? Personally, I think you should get a Switch. Uh, I'll verse you in Smash Brothers. All right, so we've got a PlayStation 5 there. We're gonna start streaming some stuff so I can get away from pure politics all the time. But we're continuing this show, obviously. It'll be a separate thing altogether. But we've got a PS5 right there. It's, oh, the box is open. It's connected. Oh yeah, it's here. Okay, can I touch a remote maybe? Give me a remote, give me something. Show the people that it's actually in the room and ready to roll. We've got a remote. There. All right, so a PS5 is in here. Uh, we also have the 8-bit Nintendo Entertainment System ready. Oh yeah, there's a picture. We were testing Mario Brothers 2 last night. So the 8-bit NES is in the house. And yes, I do have a Switch also. I have not played video games in forever. A fan sent me a Switch when I was on tour with Jordan. And I would play the Switch a little bit when I was on the plane and stuff. And then I was playing that Zelda game. Uh, Breath of, what is it, Breath of the Wild? Breath of the, yeah, and it was pretty good, but then something with the parachute and I couldn't figure out how to put it on and then then I have my own problems, you know what I mean? I, I had to stop playing. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're gonna figure out a bunch of stuff and we're gonna squat up, right? That's what the kids do now. When you're playing with other people, you squat up. And if you're all playing really well, that means you have a lot of gas. That's what I've been told. <laughs> no, that's not a lot of gas? What do you mean? I thought if you're doing something really well, you have gas. No, something is like good, like if it tastes good, it's Gas. Oh, if something tastes good, that's gas. Yeah. That's the sound, like, right? That can be gas. You were using it as a verb, I think. It's more yeah. like a, you can describe something. I the point is, I'm very gassy. <laughs> Eliza says, can you get Jordan Peterson to wear jeans and cowboy boots for 30 days and we'll see if he can actually chill? I would like to see Jordan in jeans. You know, I've seen Jordan in jeans. He's usually pretty well dressed in the three-piece suit these days. Uh, but when we were touring, I would see him in jeans in the morning. Um, uh, cowboy boots, uh, you know, he does do some stuff with the Daily Wire. So he's over there in Nashville every now and again, could get some boots. And, uh, you know, he's just, uh, Jordan is Jordan. When you see Jordan, what you get on camera is off camera Jordan. It's, it's the exact same thing. Frank says, hey Dave, did you see the USA Today article about Ray Epps? It paints him as the victim of a merciless crowd of MAGA Republicans coming after him because of the false accusations made by Tucker and others. What are your thoughts on him? 
So I, I didn't see that article specifically, but Ray Epps was basically the one guy. He's this very tall guy. He was the really the one guy that you see in a lot of those January 6th videos who's like, go to the Capitol. He's like leading people into the Capitol. And then suddenly the media, New York Times, New York, or all Washington Post, they're all writing these articles, how Ray Epps is being used by the right wing and he wasn't a bad guy. And it's like, I don't know, I'm like, is he a Fed? Probably. Like, something feels very off because what, what was the punishment he got? It was six like, months. he got six months probation or in jail? jail? Six months jail, a little bit of a fine or something. And it's like, he was the one that was like, let's go to the Capitol. Meanwhile, there are people rotting in jail right now that did far less. So I don't know exactly what to make of that. All right, one more for you. Elizabeth says, if you were to plan a perfect day, what would be on the agenda? Um, well, I can tell you, uh, well, one thing that would be nice is a little quiet in the morning, right? My mornings are not that quiet anymore. I do, I have a lot of fun with the guys in the morning, but like, you know, just like having a cup of coffee without having milk squirted on me or, you know, having to change a diaper, that that would be nice. But uh, no, joking aside, like a nice quiet cup of coffee in the morning, maybe sitting by the beach uh, would be really nice. Um, if I could do a little exercise, play a little basketball, in the afternoon, uh, a nice cocktail, maybe uh, you know, just some beautiful uh, tequila would always be great at night. A great meal. I like. I'm very, very simple. I, I like good music. I like good food. I, I like quiet. Um, I don't need much more than that. And I, I love a, I love a good hammock. I gotta get a hammock, guys. My birthday, next June. Write down hammock. I don't know why I don't have a hammock. I got a lot of trees here. Yeah, just like something simple. I, I don't need much. Like I don't need a lot of simulation. I don't need a lot of craziness. Just quiet food. I don't know. I guess a friend or two could swing by. You know, that's it. People of the internet live at 1 p.m. And uh, if you want to join us for the post-game show coming up momentarily, rubenreport.locals.com. Oh, and we leave you with a cold close. If you didn't see it, they found uh, under the, well, just watch the cold clothes. I can't really explain this. It's a little bizarre, but enjoy. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.